Welcome to Star One Origins. My name is Alex Salas. I'm glad that you're here and you're able to listen to this great weekly podcast that brings you the connections of history with the current practice of learning and development and corporate training. Today, we are taking a dive into learning evaluation or let's say training evaluation. And there is somewhat of a good distinction to make there because we'll get into the specifics as to what is it that we need to do with evaluating the work that you're doing in corporate training, the learning interventions, and what their impact is in the organization. This is one of the most important factors and elements that a training department or learning department can provide, yet there seems to be somewhat of cloud out there masking uh, results. And perhaps it's just a vicious cycle that we can explore in terms of the industry. Uh, does the industry really want learning and development departments that can really do evaluation and correct its mistakes or is there a commercial industry that benefits from just preaching about the great things and taking advantage of the fact that no one can really do it well those are good questions to answer we're going to take a dive back and look at the academic plus all the programs that we've seen in history if you check the episodes before you may want to check out our episode on the man the instructor the man the job the book by charles island which led also to the training within industry program and that episode training within industry program has some elements in there we'll discuss in this episode too in terms of learning evaluation of course in the sphere of learning and development or training and development, if you say the word evaluation, that usually translates or equates to one name, and that name is Kirkpatrick. And that name is related to Dr. Donald Kirkpatrick, who is, has been deceased for quite some time and has been a major contributor in something known as the four levels of evaluation. That work stemmed from his dissertation work in the early 50s, from 1953 or 1954. And in 1959, he published four articles, what it was then the Journal of the American Association of Trained Directors. That became the American Society of Training and Development. And you know it today, that's the Association for Talent Development, ATD. Of course, anything we're discussing here, check the links on the description. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to the LinkedIn newsletter. Uh, just go check my profile on LinkedIn, search for the name Stallern. You should be able to find it. But otherwise, we have this weekly newsletter where I put some of the details on this episode as well. And you'll have links there for all sources that are being discussed. 
So some folks in the industry have taken quite an interest into evaluation methods and training and evaluation. The most known name, of course, is Donald Kirkpatrick and his four levels of evaluation. Those four levels are reaction, learning, behavior, and results. There has been some documentation and dispute as to whether that was Donald Kirkpatrick's model that he came out with, whether it was or not. There is another name out there, uh, Raymond Katzel. And in an interview that I had with Dr. Jack Phillips, he explains that he was friends with Donald Kirkpatrick and that in conversations with him, uh, based on my interview, he responded to the question of why I asked him, why did he choose to work off the Kirkpatrick model? And his uh, answer was related, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can check the episode. The link to the YouTube video is available. He pretty much explained that at the time when he wrote the articles, Kirkpatrick did not have, the, he had only covered the reaction and learning in terms of a empirical, from an empirical perspective. And that means that, you know, he was teaching management classes to supervisors in uh, University of Wisconsin. And from there, he um, he was able to apply that. But obviously, he couldn't apply behavior or results because he wasn't going to the companies and working with his people. So he was just getting these people sent by corporations to take his course. It's kind of like you taking a business certificate today in a college. Prior to that, though, uh, Dr. Phillips also commented and confirmed that when Kirkpatrick was looking for to set up an evaluation model, he contacted Raymond Cassell and Cassell was, I guess they were friends or colleagues, they did research together and Cassell provided those four categories, right? So you have to do reaction, learning, behavior, and results. This is then corroborated with, with uh, William Tyheimer, which William Tyheimer writes. So William Tyheimer conducts this uh, review. I think his article's name, Donald Kirkpatrick was not the originator of the four level model of learning evaluation. He points the, to the fact that Kirkpatrick alludes to uh, Raymond Cassell as the originator of those four steps in apparently in 1956 and maybe as part of his uh, dissertation. Ty Hammer points out that then in 59, when he's writing these articles, he makes no mention of Cassell's or Cassell's contribution to his work or whatnot. Interesting enough, these four levels are also not four levels. Particioners sort of took them as levels, but Kirkpatrick's original intent for this named them, he named them as steps. So are actually steps in the evaluation process. If you're wondering then, okay, reaction, learning, behavior, results, what is that? Reaction has to do with that concept of responsive evaluation, and that's to take attitudinal feedback from participants in the learning experience. In that, 
can be seen, interesting enough, that can be seen in a couple of places prior to all of this. So one would be uh, 1919 on the instructor, the man in the job, Charles uh, R. Allen, alludes to evaluation of work because work training and work were doing in the same environment. And he alludes to the observation of the skill transfer and also to getting the learner ready. So getting the learner ready, uh, checking that everything's good, that the attitudes are right, the, the affected domain, let's say, right? At that point, there was no notion yet of affected domain. But if translating here is that, you know, the people are, I guess what we can consider today psychologically safe during the training. Then on um, 1940 to 1945, we have training within the industry and then the training within industry uh, documentation on the J methods. In the relations part, there's mention of evaluating the need to evaluate how people did in the training or did, did they achieve the goal that was set out to do and also how that benefited the organization. And in the world of education, we have, of course, the work of Ralph W. Tyler, who is considered by many the, say, quote-unquote, father of curriculum development and evaluation. And Tyler has uh, also empirical evidence of evaluation of programs or the educational programs lasting from the 30s. There was a mention of an eight-year study that he did in 1930s. So there is quite a bit of evidence before Kirkpatrick of the intent for evaluations. I think the one thing that you can mention about Kirkpatrick is that he narrowed it down to these four labels. And he took, whether he took the steps from Cassell or in collaboration with Cassell or not, really doesn't matter at this point. Everybody knows that is a Kirkpatrick's levels, although he didn't intend it to be levels. And that's what you know today. However, in 1970, in the conversation with Dr. Jack Phillips, Dr. Jack Phillips says that he reached reached out in 1970 to uh, Kirkpatrick and said, you know, he had a project he was working on and he needed to have some data or some case studies, some substance in terms of those last two levels, right? So behavior and results. And at the time, Dr. Phillips claims that Dr. Kirkpatrick did not have any of that. So this was just theory at the moment until that point. So 1970, how to really conduct evaluations and get behavioral results and get actual business results or impact results of the training program or training intervention starts happening with uh, Dr. Phillips then taking on that flag. And then he developed his model, which is includes return on investment or ROI. Since then, of course, we have an evolution of these programs and the evaluation levels uh, gets a revamp by James Kirkpatrick, son of Donald Kirkpatrick, and his uh, wife, Wendy Kaiser. And that is on a book that you can find. There's obviously a couple of editions of the book, but th that was described as the new world 
Kirkpatrick model. And that new worker Patrick model includes more of the organizational uh, results, uh, more detail into the reactions because there are criticisms into what that is. And the issue is that um, to do an evaluation correctly with Kirkpatrick, you have to do the responsive evaluation, so the level one evaluation. But in practice, we know that you know when things are set up in black and white, and then the practice doesn't really show that well. We've seen that in the other episodes, i.e., you know, Addy or Bloom's taxonomy. So the practice took his steps to levels and also took the idea of doing response evaluations or reaction evaluations to be just about whether people liked the training or not, or whether people felt great in the training or not. So those questions may be good, let's say, supplemental questions, but they don't really drive any value in terms of what value you're providing in a training program. The other part to remember is that Kirkpatrick developed this model when he was, you know, what at the time, the predominant delivery methodology is face-to-face instruction. So it's instructor-led training. It's in the classroom. And the idea there is that if you have a standard to achieve in your instructional design and training program, then the evaluation will give you some connecting factors, some good information, some good data that you can then evaluate in connection with each other. They're not hierarchical in some sense. Some people have the, you know, disputed that. And uh, Tahammer also has, he has been uh, quite a bit uh, involved in the exposure of the Kirkpatrick model in one way or another. There is uh, another article here, which is a Kirkpatrick model, good or bad, which is an epic mega battle, epic mega battle. He discusses. I guess it's a somewhat of a back and forth debate with Clark Quinn, which is another known contributor in the L&D industry. That's an interesting article to look at. They go back and forth on that. And it seems like for some reason, Tahammer seems to be focused on what people can remember and comprehension, which seems weird because it seems to be limited to what we consider low levels of things, right? But um, interesting conversations regarding this well-known evaluation development model. Now, there are many other evaluation development models. The thing is that the context perhaps is not there in terms of work performance. So if you're going to consider work performance, something in the context of work performance, there's a couple of things. Obviously, to some extent, Kirkpatrick's model, but also let's not forget, we have the inner service procedures for instructional systems design, which is the top level instructional design model out there, a systems development model. And that has a control phase, which is the evaluation phase or the E in ADDI. And that calls for formative summative evaluations. So evaluations as the program develops and evaluations at the end of 
So in the third issue of Personal Psychology, Volume 1, in that journal, we have an article by uh, Raymond Ketzel, uh, and it's Testing a Training Program in Human Relations. And in that, uh, he has a section of the article where he focuses on how the trainees rated the course. So on one of the grounds, for, and I quote, one of the grounds for judging the adequacy of a training program should be the evaluation of the program by trainees who participated in it. One would certainly be justified in wondering how a group of experienced practical railroad supervisors having on the whole relatively little formal schooling will react to a training course of the type described here. And he's alluding to a training course that was developed for these folks uh, following instruction on the same principles or you know, following analysis. And that's the key component I think you'll find with no matter what model you're looking at, the main thing to really take away from it is that you can't evaluate something you have not set a goal for. So you have to have goals in front, and that's where criteria reference instruction comes in in the academic world, meaning that you have to set a specific criteria to achieve, standards to achieve. And based on the standards, then you can measure whether people did what they needed to do or not, and whether the organization is benefiting from it or not. So when we look at evaluation methodology and training, it hasn't really been much else besides what we mentioned. Uh, the There's other models out there, obviously. 1983, we have the context input process and product model by Stuffelbeam, but that is dedicated to educational programs. So it doesn't really have a focus, let's say, on enterprise corporate training, although it can easily be applied to that. Stuffelbeam's uh, evaluation has a focus on looking at also the training practices, how well your design was built. But all evaluation methods really call for that. Not only, and this is a, probably the best lesson, is that a lot of people today that don't have the background keep thinking that all they have to measure is the learning, whether there was a transfer of knowledge or learning and or skill all of them really and they forget that they need to evaluate themselves they need to evaluate the design itself they need to also provide ways to evaluate um, the impact of that training in the program and costs and benefits which is what the ROI addresses in and that's why the Jack Phillips um, levels of evaluation or ROI framework it's really um, probably one of the most or the best aligned in 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 general uh there is in 2018 uh will Tyhammer releases this learning transfer evaluation model or ltem as is uh, proposed and the only thing is that there is uh, really no empirical data on this there is this seems to be a collaboration between people in the industry some of them have seen to provide their own models in some way, like Rob Brinkerhoff, but there seems to be no empirical, academic, peer review take on this LTEM. And the LTEM 
seems to add more more levels uh, to something. So, you know, like I guess the main criticism we can have here is do we need more levels? Because people can get four levels for Kirkpatrick, right? Uh, are they going to get eight? So that I'll leave that to you as the listener. Take a look into that. But the key thing to really point out here is that this is just... Uh, it seems like a, an idea from someone that yes, is educated in, in in cognitive psychology. But if we're going to be evidence based, we need evidence that this model actually has been implemented and working some way or another. So at least with the Kirkpatrick's model, we do have that evidence in the evolution of the work that Jack Phillips that has done. And Jack Phillips also has a bunch of books published uh, throughout different networks and and out there, very prolific author in the sense. So with that, we end uh, learning evaluations and really the message that you have to live with is whatever model you seem to be adhering to or want to follow, the three components that it needs to have is that you need to have goal setting or objectives in place. Otherwise you won't know what you're what you're measuring. So you, yes, you get business metrics and you get performance objectives. And if you're measuring the effectiveness of instruction or training, then you do that measurement following either the four steps or five steps or whatever the case, or maybe the new world uh, evaluation method, the new world Kirkpatrick's levels. And so you want to select your evaluation method sort of have an idea of what you want to measure. But the key importance is to really measure the transfer skills and the application of the skills in the job place, and then the production of those results in the job place. And you can't just go by case studies because what happens today, as we know in the industry, is the case studies when everybody shows you case studies, they always show you stuff that works. Hey, yeah, well, here's a case study. It worked. And what you want to know is, okay, it worked here. It didn't work as well in this type of scenario, in this context. And that's why those other models perhaps are a good blend that we need in terms of doing proper uh, training and learning evaluation. At the beginning, I mentioned this whole learning and training and i think the point that to take as a final message here is that this industry is very commercialized and it seems to be changing terms so it doesn't have to be honest with itself in how it provides or measures up with impact if we say training that is directly observable and is measurable but if we say learning then things get too complex and one can always make excuses. Oh, there's so many variables involved or, oh, they're so hard to measure learning. So those are thoughts to think about. Thank you for listening. We'll be here every week. Style Origins, make sure you share with folks and check out the links so you can make your own informed decisions as to how to do learning evaluations. Thank you.